We're going to dive back into our testimonies next week. Uh, We're really excited to keep on rolling with those. But today, um, we're taking a break to talk about something that's very important, actually. We're talking today about our vision. Somebody say vision. Vision is something that we need as a church. Vision is something that we need to bring out before ourselves once in a while because if we don't bring this to the front of mind, if we don't talk about it, don't think about it, don't act on it, we tend to forget about it. And really, it's hard to talk enough about vision. It's hard to talk enough about, here's the plan that God wants us to do, here's the direction he's sending us, here's the heart uh, that he has for us and wants us to have. It's hard to talk about that enough. So much to the point that I actually had a couple people in the last week or so say, you're doing a vision Sunday in the middle of July when everyone's away on vacation? And I said, yes, we are, because we need to talk about it a lot. So that's what we're doing. Now, before we talk about vision, though, we got to zoom out for just a minute. Got to zoom out the lens here and talk for a second about mission. Say mission now. We have a mission as a church. Do you know that? I was, I was worried for a second there. We have a mission as a church. We have a mission as a people, as people in general. And we've talked about this before. So very quickly, let me just hit on it. The, the purpose of our lives as people is to glorify God. We've, we've taken to the scriptures about that. We've talked about that. That is literally the reason we exist as people, as human beings. That's literally the reason that you are on this rock that is spinning around the sun. It's for the glory and the fame and the praise and the renown of the Lord. And everything that kind of falls under that, everything that happens in life, ultimately, it's supposed to be for that purpose. That's why we're here. And we as a church, like Jesus also spoke words to Believers in Matthew chapter 28, he said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. You remember that scripture? That's the Great Commission. And when we consider all this language about the Great Commission and bringing glory to God, like that's language of our mission as a people. Our mission, just for clarity, as a church, is not to just grow a large church. Our mission as a church is not to just go out and do some good deeds. Our mission is not to just go out and make some friends or be relevant to the culture or to adhere to tradition. Our mission, you can write this down, our mission is to glorify God by developing more and better followers of Jesus. That is our mission. That's why we exist as a church, to glorify God by developing more and better followers of Jesus. That's what discipleship is all about, if you've heard that word. It's about quantity, more disciples, and quality, better disciples. And by the way, that includes you and I as well. The mission is something that goes on in your own life, in your own walk, and this isn't supposed to be a thinly veiled insult. This is just the truth, and it's actually a good truth, like, we all have room to become better followers of Jesus, right? None of us are perfect. We are not done growing. We all have room. So the mission is still at play in our lives, though we are saved people as Christians. The mission lives on. And of course, we want to see people out there, people that we know, people in the community, people we have connections with. We want to see them come to Christ and then grow in Christ themselves. That's the mission. So With that being said, we need a vision to help us carry out that mission. You with me so far? 
Good. So in talking about vision then, it says in Proverbs 29, 18, that where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint. Another translation that says it a little more bluntly, it says the people perish. In other words, it's not good. When there's no vision, there is no flourishing. There is no future. There is confusion. There is wandering around. There's a bunch of people doing a bunch of different things or maybe not doing anything at all because there's no plan and there's no target and there's no direction. So we need vision. We need to figure out what does God have for us? What does God want us to do? I mean, that's a timely question at any point on any day of our lives, but that's where we are as a church. And God gives us specific things in his word that he wants us to do. Would you agree? And some of those things are universally at play for all churches, for all Christians everywhere. God just says it and we do it and that's that. But God also gives specific words and specific plans to specific churches at specific times too. Because though we have some things in common with other churches, all churches are different in some ways too, right? All churches have different history, all churches have different makeup, all churches have different people in them, all churches have different gifts and resources and opportunities. So our assignment is to figure out, God, what do you have for us, the harbor, right now, specifically, in this season, specifically? That is vision. And I want you to just, I want you to say something now to your neighbor. Get ready to say something to your neighbor. We have a vision. Go ahead and tell them, yes, in case they hadn't heard. We have a vision. Okay, don't want anyone to not be aware of that. We have a vision as a church. And since I know you guys, and I know that you always do the right thing, you guys had homework the last couple weeks. I'm glad you agree you always do the right thing. So do I. I mean, really. Not quite. You had homework the last couple of weeks. We sent out online, and I think we had some copies here last week of our vision document that was written in late 2018, and we rolled it out in early 2019. Now, don't answer this out loud, but did you read the document? Did you read, did you do, or someone's like, someone's like, I think I left something in my car, just quickly. So you've, some of you anyway have read that and you're caught up with the general heart and the thrust of our vision from 2019. Listen, now, very closely, we are keeping this vision. We are not throwing away this vision. We're really not even changing this vision. We're not throwing it in the garbage and saying, see you later. What we're doing today is we're gonna tweak some of the language and dial in our vision for right now in this season. Because here's the deal. We came out with it in early 2019. Has anything changed in the world since early 2019? Just a bit. Has anything changed for our church since early 2019? So in the world, you probably know where I was going with this. There's this little thing called COVID, if you ever heard of it. COVID has challenged so many assumptions, so many ways of doing things for the church and for lots of people like outside the church. I was reading an article yesterday about how people are wondering if the office tower is dead. Like people would always go downtown to the off, 
uptown, pardon me, to the office tower, and that's where you work. But now since COVID, people realize, oh, I can work from home just as well, if not better. Will people ever go back? We don't know. There's lots of change societally. There's societally, there's lots of assumptions that we've made even as churches that may not even be true anymore. Matter of fact, like an unprecedented era came along where we at different times haven't even been able to meet together. So like lots of changes going on. Now, as a church, I would just remind you of this building we're sitting in too. In early 2019, when we rolled our vision out, this place here was, it was a twinkle in the Lord's eye, you could say. We had no clue. It was not as though, okay, we're working on this plan to get that. We had no clue, zero clue. But God blessed us with this building. And the cool part, if you saw in the vision document, part of that was, part of our vision was to find a space that would be ours 24-7, that we could be multi-purpose and have lots of room and we could do any number of things in. I think that the Lord gave that to us. Would you agree? So, point being, the vision is still in play, but there's been a lot of change and upheaval and different things happening. So we want to make sure that we're dialed right in on our vision. And what I'm going to share with you in a minute, you'll see that the vision has not really changed. The heart is the very same, but we're dialing it in for, for this period, this point in time. And honestly, we're right on the edge of change again. Like we are hopefully on the edge of COVID restrictions coming to a close. We're going to be forging a, watch my hands, a new normal, whatever that means. Like things are going to be different again. So now is the time for us to be intentional about this. That's why we're talking about it today. It can't wait till later. We're going to talk about it later too. But today, right now, for 2021, post-COVID life, what is God calling us to do? What's the heart that God is calling us to get onto here? Now, with all that background, we're going to review part of our current vision. And I think that we have a slide for this. The current vision is divided essentially into three pillars. And they are be passionate followers of Jesus, be a transforming community, be a nourishing environment for growth. Somebody's like, I did read that this week. Thank you. That is our current vision. And what I want to stress again is that we are keeping this vision. So answer me this. Are we getting rid of that vision? No, we are not. Are we throwing it in the scrap heap? No. Are we, are we coming up with a brand new work, a brand new vision here? No, we are not. So the language that I'm going to show you in just a second is going to be a little different, but it's the same vision. Turn to your neighbor and tell them it's the same vision. Now, if you could, oh boy, is right. If you could move to the next slide, you're going to see the new language of this. There it is. I'll give you a second to look at that. Follow Jesus, love others, pursue growth. I think actually it'd be good if we said that together. Say that with me. Follow Jesus, love others, pursue growth. One more time with gusto. Follow Jesus, love others, pursue growth. And we're going to talk about each of these. What I want to quickly say, though, is we're not necessarily calling these pillars anymore. The, the thing with pillars is you might get in your mind that, okay, this is a static standalone thing it just sits here and doesn't move all three of these things are dynamic they're moving they're going they're happening all the time they're swirling and coalescing around one another but that's the vision 
And that's the same vision. And some of the language is really very close to it. So let's go through each of these, shall we? The first one is follow Jesus. This one was formerly called be passionate followers of Jesus. So it's the same thing, but different language. And the heart here is the very same. We make much of Jesus. We go after him. We praise him. He is number one. And so to just break this down a little bit, you can see it here. We will intentionally pursue a relationship with Jesus beyond Sunday morning. You remember that expression? We've talked about that a bunch of times this year. We're going to intentionally, like God has a life for you. God has a life for us, and it's marked by us walking in relationship with God, and that's the life we want to live. And we go after that. We pursue that. There's an intentionality to it. Well, that's got to be our heart as well. And there are many ways of doing that, for the record. There's not just a one-size-fits-all sort of cookie-cutter way of having a relationship and pursuing a relationship with Jesus. The one that I would call you just immediately to mind is the practice of spiritual disciplines. We talked about those earlier this year too, actually. Things like prayer, things like Bible reading, things like fasting, things like solitude, serving, worship, maybe you're a journaler, whatever. I don't think that's a word, but we've just made it up. That's okay. Things like that. Those are things that we can intentionally do to go after the Lord, to pursue him, to pursue that relationship with him. So that's, that's our heart, that's on our mind, that's, that's in our view right here. Next it says, our lives will be a pouring out of praise to Jesus. So like we said earlier, like our lives are for his glory, for his fame, for his purposes. We are not number one. He is on the throne, he is Lord, he is king, he is worthy of praise. Would you agree today? And so we as a people need to take on this posture of Jesus is first, we are, and we will pour out our praise to him. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, let it be to the glory of God. All of life is an opportunity to praise the Lord. And so that means that we will strive to put him first in all things. It's, it's less of me, more of Jesus. We will strive to honor him in all that we say and do and think. How many of you know that takes work? right? But that's what we're setting our minds to. And we will make much of him grateful for how much he has done for us. I want you to just answer this to me. It should be a one word answer. Has Jesus Christ done a lot for you in your life? Yes. So in response to that, like we pour ourselves out to him. We make much of him. We make a big deal about him. And finally on here, this one's important. We will make it our priority as a church to submit to Jesus' lordship and leadership. This is something we do as individuals. This is something that your leaders are responsible for doing as a church as well. We will not, we cannot be a people who make our decisions strictly or, or, or primarily based on our feelings. Bad idea. We cannot be a people who make our decisions primarily by our opinion even. Or here's what you know, my family does or my friends do. Here's just what I think. Here's, here's what the rest of the world is doing. Like we don't follow the tide of the culture, friends. We make our decisions based on the will of our king whose name is Jesus. That's where we're at. Now... The thing with the obedience and following Jesus and submitting to him, there's actually a joy that comes from that too. Like we've talked about that too. This isn't a life of drudgery. When we follow Jesus and obey Jesus, 
That puts us in the path of joy. That puts us in the position to receive the joy of the Lord, which we happen to sing about already this morning. So it's, it's follow Jesus. You get the thrust there. He comes first. He is Lord. He is in control, and I'm going after him. That's what that one's all about. You with me so far? Somebody say, follow Jesus. That's the first part of our vision. Now, the second part is this. Love others. Love others. This one was formerly called Be a Transforming Community. We're calling it something a little different. It's the very same thing. I'm actually very, very excited about this one. And you know why I'm excited? I mean, it's just good anyway, but B, like I've seen you guys doing this over the, over the last months. Like we're, we're coming into this one increasingly, which is good. To love others, we will intentionally love other people both inside and outside the church. There's a, a precedent certainly in scripture that talks about like, let's make sure we're first doing it within the household of faith. Like let's not fail to love each other in here. But, but of course that extends outside to the rest of the world. How many of you have people that you know or have a relationship with that aren't Christians? Yeah. Well, so like let this be our heart toward them. We love them. And by the way, when we're talking about loving other people, you might remember we talked a lot about this earlier in the year. Love isn't just something that you feel. Love isn't just something that you say, although, especially if you're married, you should say that sometimes. Just saying. It's something that you show as well. Love is expressed in action. If there's no action, is it, you know, is it really the fullest expression of love? Love has to be shown. And do you know what this means, just like generally speaking? This means that we, at least to some degree, need to be involved in other people's lives. Um, this one has been a little trickier during COVID when the message is stay away, distance, and no one's ever said don't call someone on the phone. I mean, the phone is covid safe it's covid free but like just the mentality we've had for the last year and a half is oh i better not go too close and i think that does something to us subconsciously we distance there's people all of a sudden we maybe talked to before we haven't seen them for months and we've sort of drifted away and yeah that's kind of the way it goes sometimes but god is calling us to be intentional about this god is calling us to show love so so we can't be a people who chronically always you know we go through day and night and and we just hole ourselves up in our homes our castles we draw the curtains we put on the sweatpants we get out the two liter of ice cream we put on netflix for like six eight ten hours sometimes we do need to do that just saying but like that can't be our only speed we need to be in each other's lives we need to be in in involved in the lives of other people and so now's the time particularly as covid hopefully winds down like now's the time for us to break a cycle here because this is something we need like we need other people and they need us so with that being said we then we make it a high priority to build strong relationships with others covid has taught me something or reminded me of something relationships are super important and i tend to not take them as much for granted as I did maybe a couple of years ago. Like when it's, you're cordoned off and you're in your house and you're not allowed to go out and see anybody, like you realize what you're, you're missing. And so relationships are a huge gift from God and they make life way better. 
They're not, they don't always make life easier. Right, Lori? No clapping, no amen there. Just. But they make life better. Relationships are a gift from God. And additionally to that, we also believe they are fertile ground for the work of the Holy Spirit. Of course, God can work in someone's life. He can work in your life apart from the context of you being in relationship with someone. Of course he can. God can do whatever he wants. He's God. But we've seen it. In fact, some of you guys, this is your story. Like maybe it's I, when I got saved, it was because I had people coming around me and pouring into me and encouraging me and sharing the gospel with me and loving on me and having a relationship with me. Some of you guys, it was when I really like grew in my faith that time, like it's because I had people come around me. We value the, the, the power and the potential of what God can do within relationships. So they're important. They're, they're super important. And therefore we will leverage our relationships as opportunities for discipleship. Just so there's no misconception about the language there, what I don't mean is you need to start treating people like they're your project. Maybe you've been treated that way before. Like you can tell that someone is like really trying to hammer something at you and they maybe don't even care that much about you. They're just trying to like sell you something or tell you something or whatever. I'm not suggesting for one second you need to be like a fake or a phony or like a weirdo in your relationships. Like you don't have to like force conversations like, hey, how you doing today? Good, I'm doing well because I'm saved. You're not, we gotta talk about the Lord. Like don't be weird, okay? We're talking about real, legitimate, awesome, life-giving, meaningful relationships. We need to start seeing those as an opportunity for discipleship though. Remember we said discipleship is more and better followers of Jesus. So if you know somebody which you already confessed to me that you do, so you're busted, just kidding. If you know somebody in your life that you have a relationship with that isn't a Christian, it's time to be intentional and not say, oh, well, you know, maybe they'll wake up one day and they'll just get it, the light bubble come on, or, or, or they'll wanna go to church, or I'll wait for them to make the first move. No, now's the time to be intentional and say, Lord, give me an opportunity to sow some gospel seeds in that person's life. That can be scary sometimes, but guess what? When you pray for those opportunities, the Lord gives those opportunities. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. There have been times in my life, not that I'm so great, but, but and, and for your guys is too, like you have a relationship with someone and it might be years and years go by and you can never seem to muster up the courage to like say something about the Lord or share your faith or whatever. And then you pray about it. And like the next time you see them, an opportunity magically appears. Like, have you guys had that before? Because that's God, that's what God does. When you pray for opportunities, he'll give them to you. But I digress. You pray for that opportunity. God, let me talk to them. Let me certainly model the gospel well and represent Christ well in my life. But like, give me, give me an inroad to speak truth into their lives about who Jesus is. And he will, God will do that, God is faithful. In his timing, he'll do that. Now, maybe you have a relationship with someone who already is a Christian. Some of you guys are friends. Some of you have friends or family that go to other churches. That's great. Let it be our heart intentionally that we say, okay, Lord, you're putting this person on my heart, this, this brother or sister in the faith. How can I come alongside them and help spur them on? You know, what, what can I do to encourage them or help them grow or, or, or whatever the case may be? Guess what? God will give you those opportunities as well. He will. But my point on this third one here is that we need to be intentional about seeing relationships as opportunities for discipleship is all I'm saying. 
And finally here, we care about the well-being of our community and we're eager to serve our city. You know why we care about the well-being of our community and why we're eager to serve? It's not just because we live here and we want it to be a better place, though that is true. We care about the well-being of the community because there are people in it. And we are for people. We love people. We want to see people come to know Jesus. So therefore, we're going to put ourselves out there. We're not going to just hold ourselves up inside our building and say, why isn't anyone coming to us? Like, we're going to go. We're going to go to them. And I'm very, very pleased. I always like to talk about this. I'm very pleased in the last, like, 10 months or so, we've done quite a bit more of that as a church, just outreaches, serving things. We have been able to do a bunch of cool things, like the treats over at the school over here. We gave steaks to the firefighters. That was cool. We did pajamas. We did Christmas things. We did, we've done a bunch of things. And I kind of want you guys to metaphorically pat yourselves on the back. This is really good. And Mark and Darlene Ketch lead the team that kind of organizes all of those. I feel like they knew I was going to single them out, so they've skipped town for the day. But thank them when you see them next time for the work they put into outreach, because it's really, really, really good. We're going to keep doing those things. Some of them are going to be church-wide outreaches like we've done. Maybe in some of your guys' discipleship groups, you'll do outreaches. Maybe it's just on an individual level. Like some of you guys I know, for instance, serve like at a food bank in town. And it wasn't because, or it's not because it's some church-sanctioned program like the Church Food Bank Ministry. It's just because you want to help, you want to serve. And so you go, just you, an individual believer, wanting to go make a difference. Do you want to know how your leaders feel about that? We feel awesome about that. That is wonderful. Kudos. Like, let's have this and keep this mentality of of serving and outreach and blessing others and, and sharing the love of Christ with people. Because sometimes that's, that's what causes them to get curious or for the light bulb to come on. Oh, wow, why would this person do this to me or for me? Why would they bless me in this way? You know what I mean? So we're gonna keep doing that. But in all this, it's love others. You have to see here, this is an intentional, intentional pursuit, setting our minds and our hearts and our hands on this and just getting it done and trusting in the Lord for that. So you guys understand this one, love others? Somebody say, love others. We got follow Jesus, we got love others, and that leads us to our third one, which is pursue growth, pursue growth. Now, the thing with growth that kind of needs to be said is that, oh, by the way, this was formerly called be a nourishing environment for growth. It's the same thing, it's the same heart. The thing about growth is this, especially the kind of growth that we're talking about, like church growth, Um, spiritual growth, kingdom growth, all that. Growth isn't something that we just snap our fingers and produce ourselves, right? Think I'll grow today. Let's, Let's have the church grow today now, okay? Not really how it works. God brings growth. It's entirely a God thing. That's what it says in 1 Corinthians 3, 7. God brings the growth. So we're not gonna get too uppity on ourselves and think, you know, this is within our wheelhouse to do. You know, you know what this means? Like we gotta be asking the Lord and trusting the Lord and praying for growth. God brings the growth. However, we have involvement in that process. So what God is not calling us to do is I'll just sit on my hands and I'll stand here or sit here and wait for Jesus to return and I won't do anything. No, we have a role to play in this growth. And it starts with a conscious mentality for us to say, hey, I'm in, I'm going for it, I'm all about this, I'm part of it. That's where it starts. 
And so, like it says up here, we will pursue the growth of God's kingdom. How many of you know that Jesus is the king of a kingdom today? Yes, he is. And again, we can't just snap our fingers and grow his kingdom, but let it be our desire to say, Lord, like let your kingdom come, let your will be done. We should long to see God move. We should long to see his presence and his power and his glory and his moving and his working showing up and doing things and reaching people and changing lives. Like that's what God's kingdom is all about, bringing in, ushering in the new and, and reconciling people to God and, and growing in that. That's God's kingdom. And we should pursue the growth of that. Again, we can't have the mentality of, well, I'm a Christian and I don't wanna do anything. I'm just gonna sit here. No, it's God, what can I do? How can I, how can I align myself with you for, for, for your glory and the good of your kingdom? How can I do my part for the growth of it? Now, it says as well, we will pursue, we will pursue spiritual growth. Spiritual growth, I just have in brackets here, just a simple way of understanding it. Spiritual growth essentially is increasingly knowing God's word and doing God's word. There's no spiritual growth that happens apart from God's word. It's all there. And when we come to know God's word more and more, and importantly, we start putting it into practice in our lives, like that's akin to spiritual growth. And by the way, here's how I can prove it. When you know God's word and increasingly do God's word, it makes you more like Jesus. That is spiritual growth. And again, the word I have for you on this one is no matter how long you've been a Christian, no matter how mature of a believer you are, you are not done growing spiritually. There's more to do. There's more to growth. You are not quite like Jesus yet, okay? And I say that out of love. It's not another thinly veiled insult. It's a good thing. Like we can change from glory to glory to glory as we pursue him and change to become more like him. That needs to be a target in our lives. And the third one here is we will pursue growth in our God-given potential, talents, resources, spiritual gifts, etc. These things are things that God has given us. And generally speaking, when God gives you something like one of these, for instance, he wants you to use them. He wants you to cultivate them. So if God made you good at something, if God has given you an interest or a passion in something, if God has given you resources in a certain area, maybe it's money, maybe it's time, maybe it's expertise, I don't know, we're to use those things and grow in them. And even here, like even if you're good at something, like there's still more. You can still honor the Lord more as you dig in and, and cultivate that gift or that talent more and more. But what this essentially means is we need to be serving, we need to be using these gifts, we need to be blessing others with them and contributing to the advancement of God's kingdom. Again, this is not, I'm gonna sit here and do nothing, someone else will do the work. It's, I'm in the game, I'm going for it. What has God given me? How has God blessed me? How has God equipped me to do my part, my role in this whole mission, in this whole vision? So does that one make sense to y'all? Somebody say pursue growth. So that essentially right there is the vision. And we're gonna talk about that more as we go about this summer. We're gonna have that uh, as we go forward into the next season of ministry. If you could just go to the next slide there. I want us to say these three things together a couple more times. You ready now? You're sick of talking, but I'm gonna make you talk anyway. Let's say it together. Follow Jesus, love others, pursue growth. One more time now. Follow Jesus, love others, 
pursue growth. So if you ever have the thought in your mind, what's our vision as a church? What's our direction as a church? There it is. I hadn't planned on that. That was good. Exactly. So there it is. And it's short, it's sweet, but there is so much under that. There is so much to be explored and mined and discovered and experienced in that for all of us. And I'm excited for us in this because not only is this a work that God is going to do in my life, in our church, in your life, like imagine the other people that God has in our purview that he wants us to share this with. Like this is exciting. This is, and, and, and to be honest, like I hope, I hope that that actually makes you a little bit uncomfortable. I don't think any of us should probably read that and say, I'm doing all those things perfectly already. I don't have to change a thing. I'm, I'm right, it's right in my wheelhouse. No, like this is calling us out of our comfort zone a little bit. This is calling us into deeper waters, into deeper trust, into a deeper place. This is not like, I'm just gonna stay on doing exactly what I'm doing right now. There's more. God is calling us to more. You have to see that. God is calling us to a life, a whole life, pursuing him, intentionally going after this stuff. And so he is calling us now out of the shadows. He's calling us to rise up as his church and to sink our teeth into this and to trust him for the results of whatever is gonna come out of this. But this is the heart that God has laid on us as your leaders. This is what our focus is gonna be going forward. And again, there is so much there. And it starts with us again by saying, what's my role in this? Here I am, God, what do you want me to do? How am I contributing to the life of the church and the future of the church? How am I contributing to, and how do you want me to contribute to the advancement of your kingdom? Who am I gonna come alongside and share this with? All of us need to start with this. And straight up, it's gonna take work. It's not gonna be easy. It might not be a walk in the park. There might be some discomfort in here. All these things require us to get out of our comfort zone and to do, and to do something. But this is the life God has for us. This is the culture we wanna see more and more and more of in our church. And as each of us starts to get onto this heart and to get onto this program more and more, we do believe and we do trust in faith that God is gonna move through this. That God is going to show up in power in our lives and in the lives of those around us. That he is gonna be moving and speaking and acting and doing and changing and shaping. And that gets me really excited. This is not just some slogan. This is not just some marketing campaign. This is not supposed to just be some little cross stitch you put on your wall. Like we're, we're excited and praying and trusting for the Lord to move in this activity but it comes down to, are we gonna do it, right? It comes down to, what am I gonna do? Am I gonna go after this? Now, we're gonna start wrapping up very soon here. What I wanna quickly highlight to you this morning is this. Everything pretty well that we've talked about so far has been sort of on an individual sort of basis. Like, here's what I can do. Here's what you, 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 each of us can do. And that's kind of the neat thing about the nature of this vision. It's for our church as a whole, but it's comprised of individuals doing this. Like you have a role to play. It's not just the pastor, not just the elders, it's you as well. And the, the neat thing about this, I was thinking about this this week, if something were to happen, and you know, this I'm sure would never happen, we've never experienced this in the last year and a half that the church like would have to shut down or something, that would never take place. It did, 
don't meet, don't get together, close the doors. That was COVID. That's where we've been. This vision can actually still carry on just the same, even if the church doors were barred shut. Why? Because you and I are doing this in our individual lives. And, and, and the power comes, though, as we're doing it, each of us collectively. It's super cool. But what I want to do, uh, just acknowledge this morning, is that the church as an organization, so we've talked individuals, the church as an organization does have some stake in this as well. It's not like, okay, well, now we as leaders gave you the plan. Now we're on vacation. We'll put our feet up. Now we don't have to do anything. No, not at all. The church as a unit, as a body, as an organization has stake in this too because some things, frankly, are just better when it's done all together. Some things are better in the context of the whole church. And what we're gonna do as leaders essentially is make space for those things to happen. So in everything that we do, we want it to be pouring into that and allowing this to, to go and to grow and to blossom and to increase. Now, this is like generic enough that there's lots we could do under this, right? You could take this any number of ways, come up with any number of plans. There's lots we could do as a church with this, but we can't do everything. It's probably not a surprise to you. We have limited people, limited resources, limited money, limited time, can't do it all. So like, what, how do we figure out what we should do? Like, what can we do? Well, I just, again, there won't be a test on this. I'm gonna quickly share this with you. We as leaders do have a tool that we can use to help decide what we're gonna pour our efforts and our resources into as a body, and that's called our growth cycle. Somebody say growth cycle. Not a test on this, you, you have my word. But this is something we use as leaders, our growth cycle. It's made up of pray and fast, serve the community with purpose, engage in relational environments, teach the gospel, make disciples, embrace multiplication. And the idea is that we wanna make sure as leaders that if some idea comes our way or some ministry or a program or an opportunity, we wanna make sure that we have a way of figuring out if it's actually gonna support our vision or not or, or work into our vision or not. And so we pull this out as leaders and we say, okay, we wanna make sure that ministry X that's being proposed, that that actually helps us make disciples. We wanna be sure that outreach X actually helps us serve the community with some purpose. There's a reason for it. We wanna make sure that small group form format X actually helps us really engage in relational environments. That kind of thinking right there. And I just say that only to point out there is a plan, there is a process for the, the organization of uh, uh, the unit as of the church. But what I want to do, if you could even bring that back one slide, please. This is what I want us to focus on as individuals today as we get ready to close this up. This is what each of us are called to do. Follow Jesus love others, pursue growth. And so the question is, and don't answer this out loud, but the question is this, are you in or are you not in? Out. Are you in or are you out? Are you going to do this? Are you gonna sink your teeth into this? Are you gonna trust the Lord and, and walk in this path with your brothers and sisters in Christ or are you not? Each of us needs to make that decision because this is what God is calling us to.